Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Table Talk, discussions of church, theology, and culture. My name is Luke Burrow. I'm the family and ministry coordinator here at CBC Elderton. With me, as always, is our lead pastor, Andrew Hall. This week, we want to spend a little bit of time talking about the, the topic of identity. This is a topic that is quite a, quite a hot button issue in our culture today, Andrew. This is something that is on the forefront of many, many people's minds, and it's something that we believe and will argue that the Bible has a lot mm-hmm. to say about. And so, as we get started, Andrew, uh, this was uh, your idea of a topic, maybe something you've been thinking about. What uh, what was it that motivated you for, for us to hop on the mics here to, to talk about this? Uh, a couple things. I was at a I was at a baseball game uh, the other night, and as I was at the baseball game, I was thinking about just the different ways that players were expressing themselves, the fans around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been reading a little bit of a philosophical discussion on uh, how people perceive themselves throughout the ages mm. um, and and just observing in our culture and I think in Christianity how how we as a society are trying to understand ourselves and we're kind of in this crux we're in this moment of change yeah. uh, where where we're going through I think a dramatic shift in terms of how we perceive ourselves and mm-hmm. how that's expressed and so I think it's it's helpful because there are lots of cultural dynamics going on that I think the Bible can speak to very well absolutely and so we're talking about identity today let's start very basic very foundational what is an identity how would how would you answer that question I think the the basic way, probably the most generic way that would be the most generous as well to others is to say that we all have a perception of ourself and uh, th- that perception of ourself is what forms an identity in mm-hmm. terms of who we are and and how we relate to others, our, our, our sense of uh, grouping or social social groupings, uh, all of those things are really factored by a perception of self. Yeah, and so really, what what we're talking about when we're talking about identity is sort of specifically our understanding of ourselves, of of who we are, and what mm-hmm. our identity is, which has a lot to do with questions being asked all around us right now. And so, you said you've been doing some some reading and some some thinking about this. We've you've talked about how. Maybe throughout history, there have been various ways that people mm-hmm. have formed their identities and understood themselves. What are some of the things that you've found found interesting or learned about as you've been doing your reading? One aspect I, I don't think it's unique in history uh, is uh, is that people people either form their identity, their perception of self, based off of how others perceive them or how they perceive them. Yeah, and. Uh, in a large measure throughout history, people have received their identity. Yeah. Uh, so we could think about um, when you're born, you you receive a name. You're mm-hmm. given a first name. You're given a last name. Uh, your your gender. Your your 
basically born into a family. That family structure then starts to shape you and mm-hmm. and and forges you. You're born into a, a community. Uh, for some people, there's a faith community. Other people, there's social circles that they're moving in. And as a result of being in, in these communities, uh, you you start to pick up uh, nuances of culture. Uh, it, it's so hard because to talk about culture is like, how do you define it? It's like trying to define the air. Yeah. And, and you're just breathing in these things. So throughout history, I think most people have received an identity. There's this sense in which identity is, is something that's forged collectively. Yeah. And so, so a broad group kind of forges an identity in and of itself and, and people live within that collective identity. There would be a few people throughout history who, who would chafe against that identity and they would yeah. struggle with it. Um, so, so overall, we could call that the collective identity. Yeah. The society forms an identity. Uh, but as, as our society has changed, uh, we've, we've come to this place where in the enlightenment that, that the height of uh, reason and rationality is, is located in the self. Mm-hmm. I think, therefore, I am, said Rene Descartes. And as a result of that, if, if I think and therefore I am, then, then the locus of truth, the, the centrality of understanding, it actually comes from within. So what we're finding is that for over 200 years, we've been on this modernist, now postmodernist project to try and figure out, well, who am I? Yeah. And it's not in relation to other people. It's that I have to discover the self. And so, so there's a process of self-discovery. So it used to be that what my father would have done as an occupation, I would have done as an occupation. My yeah. son would have done as an occupation. And we have a lot of people that still carry those last names. That's no. right. Uh, you know, the, the Carpenter family. Well, there's a reason why they're the Carpenters. or yeah, the Smiths. The Smiths. Hunters, yeah. That's totally. right. Yeah. And so there's, there's a legacy there. Um, but increasingly, people are like, well, I've got to figure out my own identity and yeah. I've got to figure out my own job and what are my gifts. And, and so... So what used to be something that was maybe constricting in terms of your identity is given, uh, your occupation is given, your name is given, your community is given. People have tried to liberate themselves and find, how can I find out who I am? And so in that, there's a couple of things that I think are both good and bad. One is that I I, I think recognizing that uh, collective societies can provide a sense of of group identity that can squash the individual. But at the same time, individual cultures can really uh, emphasize you've got to figure it out for yourself. And so this whole idea of... um, uh, we could call it, uh, well, you can become whatever you want to be, actually is not a freeing concept. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a show that Melanie and I have watched, and this, uh, this immigrant family comes to Canada, and uh, their daughter says, well, I could be whatever I want. And this mother and th- this father, he actually says to his daughter, well, you think you can become an astronaut? No, you can't become an astronaut. Do you think you become an astrophysicist? You can't become that. Maybe you could become a store owner. Maybe, you know, and he, yeah. he kind of points out the, the folly of, of this, this thinking that is in the West in, in a humorous way. So, so we've got these ways of forging our identities, uh, either collectively or individualistically. 
And both have benefits and both have drawbacks. Absolutely. And we, we certainly see those today as well. There's a there's quite a cultural divide in today's world. You know, the, a lot of the Western societies have been uh, have become much more individualistic over time. But there, there are many parts of the world where we're collective identity is still very much right. at the forefront. Yes. And very much kind of the primary identity formation happens still at that level. And there may be some people listening here who, who come from a place like that. And that, that is still very much real and very much strong. And as you say, there are, there are certainly benefits as well as drawbacks to both uh, when we think about it from sort of more of an earthly perspective. But of course, later on, we're going to spend some time talking about what, what the biblical understanding of identity is and how we, we derive that. But there are many ways in an individualistic, sort of more Western society that people are using to try to discover Mm -hmm. their own identities. We want to talk just a little bit about that as we continue to frame up this conversation. And in today's Mm -hmm. day and age, probably one of the biggest ones is social media. This is huge. This is basically people spend so much of their time presenting themselves to the world. It's, it's funny, we talk about being individualistic, but in some ways it seems through social media, we're really forming our identity based on how we are responded to by others. We present certain images of ourselves and hope to get likes, hope to get comments or interactions of some kind. And that can very much shape if, you know, what works and what doesn't, what, yeah. get, what gets me affirmation, what gets me approval. It's really uh, for so many people, it seems to me as, a, as an outsider who doesn't spend a whole ton of time <laughs> on social media intentionally, it, it seems to be a whole lot of sort of curating an image of yourself yeah. and trying to present yourself to the world in, in whatever way sort of it gets me the most sort of recognition and, and affirmation. And I think, I think that's, that's a huge part of what certainly younger generations these days are using to try to understand their own identity, but there are also lots of, of other ways aside from social media. Uh, what, what were some other ones maybe that you could think of, Andrew? Uh, well, to just pick up on the social media piece. Um, so people try to find their identity through social media. And so then part of what happens is, as much as we're being individualistic, we also then start to gravitate towards communities. So it doesn't stop. There isn't a a ceasing of a collective identity. Uh, It's just the way that we get our collective identity is different. Whereas it used to be the collective identity came from your family and the community around you. Now today it's you discovering the community that embraces you. So, so people will find all sorts of communities. Um, the mommy blogger type, uh, the Instagram posts with the the Bible and the coffee. Uh, there's, you know, there's a certain niche about how pastors present themselves on social media mm-hmm. or, um, you know, the, the young, the young person who um, is against authority or the young person who wants to show themselves to be a rebel against uh, those who are rebelling against authority. Um, so, so everybody's trying to brand themselves. Um, and the several philosophers have noted this, that we're in an age of, 
of imaging and branding. And as a result of that, it's all trying to discover, uh, discover yourself. I, I even heard there was a, a comedy show that I was listening to and uh, they were talking about we don't just have midlife crises anymore. We have mm. quarter life crises. Right. And so they had a, a 20 something on uh, a 20 something comedian on making an argument for how uh, we, we have, we have a, a quarter life crisis. Uh, you, you get through, you get into college, university, you've got to figure out your path, your career. You, you've suddenly hit a crisis in terms of finances. Like no. there, there's all these things now that at a quarter life, uh, people are describing as a crisis, rebelling, deconstructing against authority. Um, re, you know, it, it, there's all sorts of things. So, so that's one way. I think uh, as well, the, the whole idea of imaging and branding actually has taken on uh, incredible forms in terms of how we think of our physical bodies. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I shave my head, and so there's a certain persona that kind yeah. of goes with the shaved head. Um, there's a certain look that you're, you know, a lot of people try to embrace or in a certain way. Uh, I, I've noticed how... Um, uh, I'm, I'm not speaking to uh, the right or wrong nature of this, but how people uh, ink their bodies. So yeah. tattooing has gone mainstream. Mm -hmm. And so this essentially is another way that I forge my identity is by expressing myself on my skin. Yeah. And, and so people, I, I, I was struck at the baseball game, just looking around how uh, 15, 20 years ago, uh, players would have had to cover up tattoos yeah. or or if if you were in in a certain type of professional environment you kept tattoos secretive whereas now it's mainstream and so it's Very nothing much. to have it on your face or your neck or you know like arm and leg and body tattoos yeah um and then there's just this sense of you're wanting to discover yourself and express yourself because you need to let everyone know who you are. Yeah. And, and as much as there's a, a goodness in terms of um, being your own individual, in some ways that can be incredibly, uh, it can create a lot of anxiety. Absolutely. Yeah. And it can create a lot of sense of, I, I just don't, where do I fit in? And so people struggle to fit in at school with their families, with church communities, and they're always looking for that group that is going to embrace them. And so we, we don't, politics has understood this for quite a while. You've got wedge politics and wedge politics is all about trying to forge a message to a group, whether it's the LGBTQ community, whether it's the social conservative community, whether it's, uh, a fiscally liberal person, uh, you know, you know, there's all these types of groups, yeah. uh, new Canadians and, and how they're represented in the media. Everybody is trying to figure out how to access that group and where do they fit in this group. And so it's created a lot of, um, well, it's, it's secularism in its deepest forms yeah where we don't really have anything that holds us together collectively as a society, except everybody's unique. And we're all, you know, we're, we're all unique. There's no, nobody is, nobody is truly 
uh, part of a group, except we're all part of the group that is trying to express itself as the unique ones. Yeah, and that's that's really where we find ourselves uh, here in 2023 as we record this. What you've described really is, I think, the common experience of all mm-hmm. all of the the world around us. But as as we've we've alluded to and want to get into now, the the Bible really does have a different way for us and helps us to to realize that. Uh, the primary aspects of our identity of who we are 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 not do not need to be discovered out of nothing by by us they are they're they are given to us and they are very clearly communicated to us by God in his word and so we'll we'll spend the rest of our time here for this episode talking a little bit about that the bible has lots to say about our identity where where would you want to start with that andrew well i my, one of my favorite books of the Bible, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is the book of Ephesians. And mm-hmm. I think Ephesians has some great things to say in terms of Ephesians 2. It, it really presents this image that all of humanity is actually bound together in sin. And yeah. so we find a collective identity as, first of all, we're all sinners. Yeah. Um, as for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to uh, the the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is work at work in the sons of disobedience and and paul says among whom we all once lived in the passions of the flesh so there's no group that's left out so we have a collective identity first as sinners but paul also makes this profound argument because uh in ephesians 1 he he uses this uh, us language and this you language, us being us Jews and you being you Gentiles. And so there was a sense of group identity so that by the time he gets to group uh, to group these people together in chapter two, he can say that there's one new man in place of the two. Yeah. And he basically makes the argument that the way that we are incorporated into this one new man in place of the two is in Christ. So in him, we are, we have received every spiritual blessing. We have been chosen. We're blameless. We're forgiven, predestined, adopted, redeemed, restored. We have an inheritance sealed with the spirit of the, with the gospel of our salvation until, uh, until we all uh, receive the possession of this to the praise of God's glory. And so I, I think that this goes back to first, I, I made the comment about we're all trying to discover ident- our identity and that that's not a bad thing. It's not yeah. bad to try and discover our identity, but it is a problem if what we're trying to do is discover our discover our own identity, thinking that we can create it. Yeah. So people are doing this today in all sorts of ways. Oh, yes. They, uh, we want our own names. We, I don't want you to call me by the name that my parents gave me, which was a received inherited uh, identity. I want you to call me by this name. I don't want you to call me by certain pronouns. I want you to, uh, by the pronouns that I was born with, I want you to call me by the pronouns that I describe. I don't want to receive my gender. I want to tell you what my gender is. I don't want to, I don't want to inherit a job. I want to discover a job. I, so we, we've created a society where absolutely everything has to be discovered and created mm-hmm. and absolutely nothing is received. 
And as a result of that, I think one of the things that we have not thought through as a culture is what this is doing to us. Yeah. That when we, when we determine that we are going to figure out our own identity apart from everyone else, that we're going to forge it, nothing is going to be received, then actually what we do is we come to the place where Paul says that when we're in Christ, we're to the praise of his glorious grace. Mm -hmm. And grace is a gift that is received without merit, without without being worthy, without any condition. You receive a gift. And as a result of rejecting this whole idea of receiving anything, we are actually creating an entire society that is Mm works-oriented. And by being a works-oriented society, we are going to find ourselves in a place where we are just exhausted and we never feel appreciated. And it only causes us more angst, more alienation, more separation. The things that Paul talks about in, in Ephesians 2, that we were separated from the commonwealth of Israel, aliens and strangers to the covenants of promise without hope and without God in the world. And that's what, where we'll find ourselves is we're going to find ourselves alienated, separated, without hope because we have to figure it all out rather than ever receiving a gift that was given to us by grace. Yeah, and that's very much what we see around us and is so much, I think, the experience of so many. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's remarkable in contrast with the complexity of what discovering identity means in the world. The, the Bible really is so, so simple. It's, it's amazing, really, that things, you can boil it down to exactly two categories as we're talking about, the, of all sinners or in Christ. It's very simple, very Law easy. gospel. And, and yep. th- whichever one you're in is, is honestly received either way. Yeah. So it, it, there's certainly a, a simplicity that, that helps cut through so much of the, the uncertainty and mm-hmm. the anxiety and the complexity of these things. And so much of the New Testament is about identity. Paul had to talk about this a lot as yeah. as the the people of God moved from being one particular ethnic group to mm-hmm. multiple ethnic groups. There was a lot of talk of identity. Makes me think of what Paul says in Galatians three about there being neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female. He says we are all one in Christ Jesus, and that's, right. that's not to completely do away with those distinctions, but to talk about how the identity in Christ is all encompassing for, for all people. And that, that really helps us as, as those who are in Christ to root our identity in something objective, something outside of ourself, something that is received. And I think many who are listening would agree that that, that provides a lot of, a lot of stability, a lot of, a lot of mm. hope, a lot of relief, and sort of helps us get out of this death spiral That's right. that we see all around us. And so that is, I don't know if you have any, any last words on that. Andrew, before we, we wrap up, I know we do want to talk about some recommended resources, but if you, if you wanted to slip anything in before that. I'll just mention the resource that I think uh, is tremendously helpful. Jerry Bridges, godly man. He's now with the Lord. Uh, he wrote a book called uh, Who Am I? Identity in Christ. 
And I believe it's just looking at Ephesians 1. And if you if you can't get your hands on that book, it's a small, tiny little book. Uh, I would just say read Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14, and yep. meditate on all those in Christ's. And uh, there's a lot there that we could spend the rest of our lives looking at. Yeah, and if, if we want to recommend one other book, you, we keep it very simple when we're talking about these things. You can never go wrong just reading and familiarizing yourself more and reminding yourself more of the gospel. And so to, to that end, I was thinking about Greg Gilbert's What is the Gospel? Mm-hmm. Very simple, very easy, but something that uh, none of us are ever beyond or, or ever past. And so if you listening, if you are in Christ, your identity is in him, it is stable, it is secure. And we're, we're grateful to the Lord that he, he provides that identity to us. And we, we hope and pray that as we rest in and flourish in that identity that we can bring others all around us mm-hmm. into that who are so desperately flailing around trying to discover it all for themselves. We're grateful to all of you for listening here this week on our conversation on identity. We will look forward to talking to you again next week. Till then, I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye, everybody. Take care.